0: We're coming from the English Standard Version, for those, if my version may vary from yours. And the word of the Lord says, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, in these few destiny moments. Allow our hearts, our minds, our spirits to be open and receptive to what you have to say to us. Lord, allow your word to push us towards promise, to illuminate and make plain the destiny that you have for each and every one of us. And most of all, from this moment, do not allow us to leave this place unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we're gonna talk about, from the thought and from our series, Embracing the Process. Someone say that, say embracing. The process. Now, and the question that I have for you is, what if I took time to enjoy the journey? Some of us are so focused on the destination that we don't take time to enjoy the journey. How many of us have said, when I get here, or when I have that, or when I have this job, or when I have this amount of money, or when I'm this certain age, then I'll enjoy life. I'm going to challenge you during the course of this series to embrace the journey, embrace the process, but also appreciate and embrace the journey. If you're waiting for life to happen, let me tell you, life is happening right now. Don't wait for life to happen. Life is happening. Point at your name and say, life is happening right now. And I want you to teach you. We're going to, through this process, through this series, we're going to talk about enjoying each day and to embrace the journey and to embrace the process. Let me tell you how this story started. It started, how this, uh, well, tell you how this particular series was revealed to me, I had a, for me and for those who understand, a pretty traumatic incident happened to me on Friday. Friday I was racing home from work and we were going to, I was headed to pick up my daughter and while I was on my way, I was in my truck and then the thing that happened is, for those who understand, when I first got to my truck before I left, left school, my alarm went off, and then I'm pressing, you know what happens when your alarm goes off. You're frantically pressing buttons to make the alarm go off, I mean, to turn the alarm off. And in, the, in my franticness in pressing the buttons, I must have pressed the button that released my rear tailgate on my truck. Most of you know I drive a truck. So I did not know that I had released my tailgate. Sometime along the journey on the way home, I drive, and I make a turn, and I didn't know at the time what had happened, but I make a turn on a busy street, and then some of the contents of the rear of my truck began to fall out, and I didn't know. Part of that being my golf clubs. So I'm driving. I drive another two miles, and then when I get to a stoplight, a lady, kind lady, pulls up and says, well, you dropped your golf clubs on on your last turn. So I'm headed, I have to, I'm, we're frantic, we're in, I'm still trying to pick up Brennan, we have to get her to practice and training, and my wife, she's headed, she's headed to get her hair done, and so we're, we are, we're all going in different directions, and she goes and looks for where I thought I had dropped them, and they weren't there, they were gone, and they were, it vanished, or someone had picked them up, and of course, then at that point, you know, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what, is, what has happened here? And my wife has to, has to continue on. And then through talking, we talked through it. I still never found them. I'm, I'm at home. And the main thing why I'm mostly distraught is because my sons had gifted me those. They had, they had paid for those. Had I, had I paid for them myself, I might have accepted the loss. But because they were the ones who gifted them to me, it had a special value. You know, when someone gives you a gift, it has a very special value. So, but at the point when my wife even returns home, still haven't found them. And what I realized after a few conversations with my wife, after I've returned home, is that she's talking and I've grown quiet and she's realizing I'm gonna be insufferable (laughs) until I figure this out. And what I realized is that I was in the middle of a process, but my wife and I were in two different places in the process. I had, she understood at that point, it's likely that I was not going to recover them. I hadn't accepted that yet, Brother Castleman. I was like, I'm getting this close back some kind of way. So I, I'm, I'm on the computer, I'm on Facebook, I'm on apps, I'm on neighborhood apps, I'm posting this up, and, and, and I'm, I'm still hopeful, but I'm quiet. I'm on my phone, and I'm thinking through it, I'm, I'm still thinking through it. Um, And when I realized that we were in two different parts of the process, she was leaning more towards acceptance. And I was still in recovery mode because I'm like, we're going to have to find a way to get these back. And I guess you guys don't know the ending, so let me share that with you. During During the course of these apps, a lady posted that she had found them, that she had picked them up, she had put them in her trunk. And fortunately, I was able to connect with her, and my clubs will return. Praise God. But the thing that I drew from that is that it is important for us to understand where we are in the process. And the people around us may be in different parts of the process, or their process may look a little different than ours. And I'm not launching a marriage series on this, but I do want to say that if you're in a relationship, it's important to understand where you are in the process, and it's important to understand where your partner is in the process. And wherever they are and wherever you are, you still have to respect where they are. Don't talk bad about them because they're not in the same place where you are. But appreciate and understand that their process may be different. And if you understand that their process may be different, I promise you, you'll get along better. Amen. So getting back to our text, we find Joseph, and Joseph has frustrated his brothers. He has frustrated his whole family. They are all upset with Joseph. Many of us, to give a brief synopsis for those who are less familiar with the story, is that Joseph told of his dreams and his brothers got upset and eventually they sent him off into slavery and he winds up in Egypt and there in Egypt as a slave he toils and works and becomes important and prominent even in the house and then he's falsely accused by the mistress of the house and as a result he winds up in jail but even in jail they promote him to uh, over all of the prisoners and while he has been promoted then the king sends his butler and his baker to jail and Joseph They have dreams, and Joseph interprets the dreams. And as a result of interpreting the dream, they refer him to the to the the Pharaoh. Pharaoh also had a dream, and then Joseph was able to interpret that dream. And as a result, he is then put over everybody in Egypt except Pharaoh. That's the short synopsis of Joseph. Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a plan. Joseph had a purpose. But at the point where we are, where he has frustrated his parents, he's frustrated his brothers, there's something that came to me that I began to realize, and I understand and appreciate it, because I feel some of us are right there. Joseph's life may have been easier if he had just shut his mouth. Can you imagine that? Think about it. He was his favorite amongst all his brothers. His father adored him. His mother adored him. He never would have went to the pit. He never would have been sold as a slave had he just shut his mouth. And I think something that that, that Joseph learned from that, because what he was doing is just not that he was babbling and talking. He was telling them the dream that God had given him regarding his destiny. And he was telling it to people who should have been safe. Let me talk to a few people who prom- have told somebody who you thought was safe about what God told you. Told somebody who you thought was safe about your plans, about your dreams, and have you have you ever gotten hurt when you were talking to somebody you thought was safe? Oh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, "Are you asking? Are you safe?" If there was anybody that that, that Joseph should have been safe around. Talking about his destiny, it was his brothers, his mother, and his father. But even amongst them, he found hate. He found people who were not on his side in his own house. Not on his side in his own house. I I thought it was safe to tell you what God is showing me in my dream, but even amongst his family, his closest kin and blood, He found that there was animus, there was jealousy, there was hate inside, somebody say inside the house, inside the house. I can't, I can't tell you what, what God told me and you're my brother. I can't tell you what destiny God has planned for me and you're my mother and my father. Who else can I express my plans to if I can't do it in my own house? Joseph learned a lesson right there that even those who were closest to you might stab you in the back and on the way to destiny. When you have, when you go, somebody say when you're going somewhere. Or when you're going somewhere now, if Joseph wanted to shut his mouth and live in the house, nobody was mad. Nobody was mad. They were mad when he began to express what God was about to do in his life. And I'm just telling you, even in your house, don't don't expect everybody to be on your side. Even in your own house, don't don't expect everybody to to try and work and help you to get to where God has told you. If Joseph experienced it in his house, you might experience it in your own house. Joseph learned that even the closest people around him might be the ones who were working against him. All because he expressed his dreams and his plans and God's purpose for him in his house. So he expresses it to them. And many of us, we, we, know, we know the story. He, he, he began to learn that I'm going I'm to have to get past people, even if sometimes getting past people, they have my own blood. I might have to get past people who, who share my own name. Come on, talk to me. I, I might have to get past people who, who I have to maneuver around in my own driveway. <laughs> i are not going to talk to that that, that that is a lesson that Joseph learned on the way to serving God's purpose for his life. Everybody don't like you. And, and I need somebody to embrace this because it, it's very, it helps you to release some things. Everybody don't have to like you. Come on now. Everybody doesn't have to like you. You know who, who, you know who are likable? People who are likable, real likable, everybody likes them and, and nobody hates them? It's losers. People who lose on the time, nobody's mad at them. When I, when, I, when I was thinking about we, we talked talking about, we just went through the football season, all the football players were talking about, everybody hates the 49ers, and everybody hates the Chiefs, and everybody hates the, the Bills, and all these teams that are doing well right now. Nobody hates the Titans right now. <laughs> because I love them, but we're not doing too well right now. There's, there's not a Titans hate group out there because we're not winning enough To be hated. Come on. When when you don't win a lot, nobody hates you. But if you have a plan, if you have a purpose, if you're working on something. Oh, you don't have to be there yet. But if you're just working on something, there's somebody who don't like you. There's somebody who's trying to work against you. There's somebody giving you the side eye anytime you have a purpose. And you have a plan. And Joseph had to learn that inside his own house. Everybody's not going to row with you. In fact, there are going to be some people who try to get in your boat who row against you. Don't let everybody in the boat. Jonah taught them sailors when he went the wrong way and they had to start throwing stuff off the side of the ship. And they encountered the storm. You can't let everybody on your ship. Everybody's not with you. Everybody's not rowing with you. Joseph had to learn this lesson early in his own house. So, that, so he's learned this lesson that I, I, I can't trust. I, I, I can't divulge everything to his, in, in his own house, but he's learned it too late. His father sends him on a mission to find his brothers, and while he's on his way to find his brothers to, to assist them out there in the field, they devised a plan where they're going to throw him in the pit. Well, actually, let me back up. They were devising a plan where they could kill him and find a good excuse to tell his father. That's what they really wanted to do. They said, let us lay hands on him. Let us kill him. And then let us tell our father that wild animals have overtaken him. Let me go on and tell you, when you're on your way to purpose, people will lie on you. People will lie on you. There are people, it's like they're waiting to lie on you. And, and, and then you got not only people, some people tell wild lies that make no sense. Other people have put a little enough, enough truth in it for somebody to believe it. There are people, let me tell you, if you're going somewhere, there's somebody waiting to lie on you. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to the next level. Everybody wants to, to be elevated. Everybody wants to go higher in God. But let me tell you, whatever level you're going to, there are people already there waiting to lie on you. That's just how it works, and the people on the next level lie better than the people on this level. (laughs) Come on, man. You're talking about everybody has an assignment. That's their assignment. Their assignment is to lie on people who are trying to get to the next level. And they have been strategically put in place to try to harm you. But when they're trying to harm you, what they don't realize is that they are preparing you. Realize when, when Joseph experiences elevation, now he understands I can't trust everybody. I can't tell everybody everything that God's told me because I saw it in my own house. When it goes to the next level, he understands there are going to be people who lie on me. And guess what happens? Joseph gets sold into slavery in the house where he's in, the mistress of the madam of the house. She lies. She says she wants to sleep with Joseph, and he doesn't want to. But then she steals his garment and holds it and, and tells her husband that he laid with me, that he, that he, that he took advantage of me. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph gets lied on on the next level, but Joseph's already prepared. He's not even worried because he was lied on in his own house. He learned an early lesson. Not only will not everybody like you, but people will lie on you when you have a purpose. Somebody say, when you have purpose. They will He's learning the lessons. And what I'm talking about in terms of where we're going with this, embracing our journey, embracing the process that leads to our purpose, is that we learn lessons all along the way. He's learned that I, I have to watch who I can trust, and usually that's a very small group. I, I have to be prepared for people to lie on me on the next level because that's just how it works. And they taught him another lesson. He comes to them. They grab hold of him, and they, instead of killing him, Reuben says, well, why don't we throw him into the pit? They threw him into the pit. Reuben wanted him in the pit to protect him from being killed. If we throw him in the pit, then those who are devising to kill him, it'll give them a chance to calm down, to recognize that that's not a good idea. I want you to understand in this moment, Joseph's pit was his protection. (laughs) The pit was his protection. It was protecting him from something that was worse. The pit was his protection. It seemed like the pit was his punishment, but the pit was actually his protection. It, it, it reminds me of, of the eagle. Sometimes the eagle is, 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 is annoyed by, by, I think it's the crow that will grab on and some that will hold on to him and, and take advantage of him while he's flying. But what he, the, the eagle has learned is that he's able to breathe at higher levels, than those who might hold on to him. So, what the eagle does is he elevates. He keeps flying higher. And though the oxygen is getting thin for him, what it does is it eliminates his enemies. Sometimes the place where you think God is punishing you is a place where God is protecting you. God is putting you in a position Where your enemies don't, what did he say about Job? The the devil said about Job, he said, I put my hands on him, but you have created a hedge of protection around him. And and don't understand, I want you to understand this, the hedge might seem confining. The, The hedge might seem like your prison, but your hedge is not your prison. It is your protection. And maybe the place you're in right now, you don't understand it. You're saying, I'm I'm doing what God has told me to do. I'm, I'm listening to his word, and I don't understand why I feel trapped where I am right now. But maybe the place where you're at is not for your hurt, but it's for your protection. God is protecting you while he's taking you to your purpose. Joseph was encapsulated in a pit. But the pit protected him from those who wished him more harm. And then when you understand that, see, the, see Joseph didn't understand that the Bible is telling us the divisive of his, devices of his brother's heart was that he'd be killed. Joseph did not know that. And if he felt like the pit was his end, he didn't understand that it was his protection. And maybe God is teaching us that where we are right now. And the thing about it is sometimes God protects us from things that we don't understand. But the saints used to say we're protected from dangers seen and, and, and unseen. Joseph, he knew he was in the pit, but he didn't know they were trying to kill him. So if he judges his life only by where he is rather than what God's doing, he would have felt abandoned by God. He would have felt that God had left him alone. But even when you don't see it, God's protecting you. Even when you don't understand it, God is protecting you. Somebody say, women say, God's protecting me. He's protecting me. He's protecting me. And even when people may mean it for your evil, oh, God always means it for your good. And you cannot die until what God said will happen happens in your life. You cannot die right there. That would have seemed like an opportunity where Joseph's purpose could have been snuffed out and they could have killed him. But rather his brother Reuben said, let's throw him in the pit. Reuben putting him in the pit protected him from death. And not only that, then we have Judah. Judah speaks up. His brother Judah speaks up and says, rather than dealing with him, Let's send him, sell him into slavery. Why don't we profit from this position? Judah was wanting to profit from his brother and pretending like he was dead. Remember, because they still went back to his father and said he was dead. But Judah said, let's make a profit off of this. Let's sell him into slavery. Let's keep the proceeds. And then when we get home, we'll tell our father that he is dead. They sell him to the Ishmaelites, uh, it's interesting how things are woven together. You remember Ishmael, don't you? Ishmael was the illegitimate son, if you want to say, of Abraham. Remember when Abraham got a little happy and he said, "Well, I, I don't see me having a son with Sarah." So why don't Sarah said, "Why don't you lay with my handmaiden Hagar?" lay with her, and they produced a son that was named Ishmael. So now, when they sell him to the Ishmaelites into slavery, they're removing him from Abraham's side and selling him to their illegitimate uncle's side. Isn't that interesting? The family that they are removed from, the family that they don't want to talk about, is the family that's driving him to his destiny. (laughs) I just want you to get that from, he's going from from Abram to Ishmael, but the the children of Ishmael are going to sell him into Egypt as a slave. But the literal transportation, the people that are taking him to his destiny are his illegitimate uncle's children who did not know who he was. And let me tell you, there are some people who are trying to work against you, but because they don't know who you are. (laughs) Because they don't know who you are, they don't realize that what they're doing is helping you. There are some people working against you right now, but because they don't know who you are, they don't recognize that what they're doing is helping you. Bible said he'll make your enemies your, your footstool. He, he, he's helping me. It's working for me. Somebody say it's working for me. We 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 know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. I don't see it, but it's working for me. I don't understand it, but it's working for me. Somebody point at your name and say it's working for you too. It's working for you. God has constructed a plan, and and the purpose of this plan is for your benefit and not for your evil. It's not for your harm, but God is causing it to work for your good. Oh, somebody give God a hand right there. Joseph, he had to learn that the difference between what was happening and what God was doing is that what he saw looked evil, but God was preparing him for something better? Now the thing about here and I told you, Joseph's life would have been better if he were quiet if he didn't share his destiny with other people. And I'm going to finish with this point. We're going to continue on next week. But Joseph, understand this, all these things that they did to them, him, it hurt him. It hurt. You try to pretend like it doesn't hurt, but it hurts. When your family says things about you, it hurts. When, when they underestimate you or act like you can't do something, it hurts. And w- when your friends turn their back on you, it, it hurts. But we have to understand there's a difference between getting hurt and being hurt. There's a difference. There's a difference between getting, somebody say getting hurt and being hurt. Getting hurt is something that happens to you. And let me tell you, it's gonna happen. You're gonna get hurt. People are gonna do things purposely and sometimes by accident that cause you to get hurt. But the difference between getting hurt and being hurt is getting what is what happened. Being is who I am. I don't take on hurt as part of my identity. I got hurt, but you know what? After I got hurt, I I got up and I kept on going. Oh, come on with me now. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because goodness and mercy are with me. I'm not gonna stay here in the valley of hurt. It's only something that happened to me. It does not define who I am. And we have to make sure that we don't allow the hurts of life and the disappointments of life to define who we are. I'm I'm not illness. I'm not disease. Y'all not going to help me here. I'm not cancer. I'm not diabetes. I'm not broken. I'm not fired. I'm not laid off. That was something that happened to me, but it does not define. I wish you were here with me. It does not define who I am because I'm more than that. Somebody say, I'm more than that. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I, I, I am victorious. So the songwriter said, I, I am victory. Victory is my name. Now, victory is not something that just happens by chance but victory is who I am because I have the same spirit of Christ that where he was raised from the dead that same spirit lives in me I am victory now get this I am victory I might not always dress like it (laughs) I might not always dress like it but don't be confused by what I look like don't be confused because David, when he walked into the house and Samuel was trying to anoint a king, Samuel had looked at all the good-looking brothers, all the tall, fine brothers that were tall, dark, and handsome, that were muscular, that were dressed right, that looked like they were Trey Songz and LL Cool J mixed together. He looked at all them. And he said, Lord, I, I believe it must be one of them. But even though he saw all of them, the oil would not pour. And then when he got through seeing all the good-looking brothers, God said, it's not them. Samuel said, is there anybody else? Jesse said, I got a little boy in the back that's attending the sheep. But he saying, I know in my mind it cannot be him. He smells like sheep (laughs) He shovels sheep dung all day long. And I think he's a little crazy because while he's sitting out there with the sheep, he's singing songs to himself. But he said, if you want me to get him, Samuel said, I will not leave until you go get him. David walks in the door. His face is dirty. His clothes are dingy. He's a little ruddy. He's not as tall as his brothers. He's not as good looking as his brothers. But when it walks in, the oil starts pouring, and God says, it doesn't look like it, but that's him. I came to talk to somebody that don't look like what God told you, I don't look like what he said I will be. I don't look like I have what he said I have,
1: but I came to tell you, it does not yet appear
0: what we shall be uh, but when he appears uh we shall be uh, like him uh, and I want you to know uh, that even though I don't look like it uh, I'm still gonna praise like it uh, so when you don't understand uh, while I'm running in my seat uh, it's not cause of what I look like it's because what God told me and I know what he told me and God is not a man uh, that he should lie nor the son of man uh, that he
1: should repent uh, but whatever uh, Somebody say whatever Whatever God said It shall be I shall be What God said I shall have What God said I'm gonna believe What God told me Somebody say whatever Everybody say whatever 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 the Lord said Whatever the Lord told me I believe whatever He said. Somebody say Hallelujah! Come on, put those hands up and say hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah! 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 hallelujah Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe.
0: Hallelujah! I believe. I believe. I believe. Hallelujah! Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for His word. Hallelujah, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word that comes to encourage us. Your word that comes to remind us that, Lord, we may not be in the place that we desire to be. And Lord, even what it looks like on the outside, Lord, is not even always representative of what it is. But Lord, even when it doesn't look right, Lord, we trust you. Lord, even when it doesn't feel right, Lord, we're going to trust you. Lord, even when we don't see it, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you, Lord. We're going to put our faith and hope in you. We're going to believe that we're not to trust our eyes, but Lord, we're to trust exactly what you said. And Lord, we trust you today. We don't believe that you brought us this far to leave us here. But, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for our life. Now, and to him that is able to keep us from falling. Lord, to, to even experience hurt and to experience failure. But, Lord, we know there is no failure in God. Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to believe it. We're going to accept it. And, Lord, we're going to walk by faith even when we don't see it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God the praise. And give him the glory for those of you who have been watching us virtually. We pray that you'll trust and believe God, even when you don't see it, until we shall see you again.
1: I hope and pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.